Didn't he break something? Yeah, he did. He ran into a wall and broke, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, don't run into walls. <laughs> This is the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, March 18th, 2019. I am indeed Eric. He is indeed Tristan. And joining us today, editorial watchdog Leo Howe is back. And top researcher slash producer... What else do you do, Kyle Soppy? You sell hot dogs at the front gate? Oh, no. You know, you park we're hamburgers here at the front door. You know, desserts when everything's done, and I'll clean up. You know, I got janitor experience on the resume. <laughs> What's you, up, you Marwin? clean up, too? <laughs> sure. That's the one thing I'm qualified to do is this stuff is bonus. I'm, I'm moving Kyle Soppy around in my fantasy podcast league right now. Hold on. I love oh, that yeah. I can just shift Marwin him over to this Gonzalez position. Over here. Versatility all over the place. The Kerp of Aqua. That's way before your time. Um, anyway. That's our four-man crew for today's show. We're not changing it. Lots to discuss. The season starts in less than 48 hours, so we're trying to discuss the opening series between Oakland and Seattle far, far away. Also, we have injuries. We have signings. We have players that are unsigned. Tristan and I did Tout Wars this past weekend. We'll probably discuss that in a little bit later on. We got hash browns. Here is the buzz. All right, Tristan. Uh, news of the day. Um, I guess Bryce Harper is still in the news a little bit for two reasons. He got hit on the ankle by a pitch last week, a hard-throwed pitch, a 96-minor power fastball, and he still doesn't have a hit yet in spring training. So I'll ask you this, even a, a, I think I know your answer. <laughs> you homer! <laughs> well, I mean, tell I me what, to, what are yeah. we supposed to lead with today, Jake Lamb? Yeah. All right, so um, any concerns about Bryce Harper? No. I, look, I, it, it's important to bring up because for a moment there, everybody's heart stopped beating for like a quarter second. I'm sure yours did too. But all was good. He came back as the designated hitter. I thought that was a tremendous sign because, you know, usually for a player like this, they're going to sit out up to a week just to be as conservative as possible. Hey, it's a good thing too because it means there's no missed time here where maybe he gets off to a slow, uh, slow start to the season. I think he'll be ready to go. And obviously, we didn't see any uh, price regression uh, in Tout Wars National League yesterday on Sunday when you got Harper for $40. <laughs> now, that's an on-base percentage format. So we should note, Bryce Harper in an OBP format is arguably the best option in the National League, right? Uh, uh, yeah, you can make the case he is. And and the, the reason why I felt he was worth that premium, which might have been a little high, was just simply that he earned nearly that last year in what people considered a down year. You have to understand, with the walks, he is an elite walker. It means that there's no risk here. I know the batting average that everybody talks about it. It's no worry in Tout Wars. And that's what I love about the leagues that use the sabermetric angle. All right, on to other news here. Carlos Gonzalez is uh, probably signing with the Cleveland Indians. I wrote about it today, and I said, this doesn't really matter to me, <laughs> which uh, which could beg the question, why did I write about it? But I think people will draft Carlos Gonzalez now, even though his numbers away from Coors Field the past couple of years have been terrible. His numbers against left-handed pitching are terrible. I don't think Cleveland's out was all that bad. I actually like Jake Bowers, and I know that editorial watchdog Leo Howell agrees with me there. Um, Absolutely. Bowers has, takes a walk, has some pop. Can't really hit lefties yet, but I think it's coming. We like. Didn't you get Leonis Martin in a recent draft or something? Yep, I in like labor. Him. Yep. Yeah. So I think we agree. Left field and center field. They're not superstars, but we like them a little bit as late round picks. 
And then Greg Allen can bases in right field. And I just I don't. Do you care about Carlos Gonzalez signing a contract? Not really. I mean, if it does mean that it, he takes any at bats away from Bowers, I'm going to be as equally annoyed as the two of you are. Um, you know, it's a problem for Naquin. It's a problem for Allen. Those are the two who are going to lose the most there. And, you know, at least Cleveland is a ballpark that's a little better for left-handed power than I think people perceive it to be. So it's not the worst landing place if he does end up playing regularly. But no, there's there's nothing here for me in mixed leagues. Let's ask this, because people are still drafting Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keiko. They're the only remaining free agents that people seem to want in, in fantasy leagues. Why Why still draft them? The season starts in two days, but for everybody else, it starts in, what, eight days, mm-hmm. ten days? It's why, ten days, yeah. At what point do we just stop drafting Kimbrell and Keiko? Are we there yet? I, I think we are. Yes. Uh, I, I think at this stage, we're talking about final guys in your mixed league draft, and you're doing that just because the replacement pool in a mixed league is full of pretty decent talent. So it's not any sort of big loss if you take them in the, let's say, the 20th round and they don't end up signing and you need somebody a week or two into the season. I don't think it's that big a deal. But yeah, I've, I'm, I'm pushing them back. As a matter of fact, they will likely drop a, a good 50 spots in my rankings. And I'm a little bit more concerned about Kimbrell finding a spot that's going to matter. Remember, his value is going to be so heavily tied to the saves. If a team just signs him to take on a, a lesser role, he's much less valuable. But even if he signs to be a closer, he's not pitching for another month. Exactly. Ready. Mm-hmm. So I think Keiko just... will be more ready of the two of them. He's apparently throwing on the yeah, side but, right now. Yeah, but it's not like he's a strikeout guy. I just I don't don't waste your pick. And then on the second week of April, you're going to need that bench spot anyway. So I think I'm more likely to take Kimbrel, but I barely have him as a top twenty relief pitcher at this point. Um, moving on now, let's talk some injuries. Jake Lamb of the Arizona Diamondbacks with a back injury. Maybe it's not serious, but he hasn't hit it all this spring. Seems to me he might start the season on the injured list. They would probably go Wilmer Flores at first base, move Cattell Marte back to second, and play Adam Jones in center field, which is just bad for all the pitchers. I want to see Christian Walker play first base, but that's probably not going to happen. But do you have any thoughts on Jake? Do you even like Jake Lamb as a fantasy option anymore? I don't. I, I think he's more of a, a pick-and-choose-the-matchups guy. I would rather have him in the leagues with it, which have the daily flexibility so I can use him against right-handers in the more favorable ballparks. And beyond that, I'm not really interested. And when I hear back issues with guys who have a lot of their fantasy value tied to power, I tend to shy from them. I, I worry about if that lingers, what it's going to do to him. I do think the Diamondbacks will get creative. So I'm with you, Eric. I don't like the idea of Adam Jones playing every day in center field and blocking some of these other at-bats. I think they're going to get creative. Shuffle guys around, increase uh, position flexibility. And I like the infielders a lot more fantasy-wise. Aaron Hicks of your Yankees has a back injury. They say he might miss the first week of the season. But... He could miss the first month of the season. Are you concerned about Aaron Hicks? I am because I was so pro Aaron Hicks. Uh, and one of the reasons for that was just he was going to be the leadoff man in a loaded lineup. And he has a, a much better on-base percentage than people think he does. So that helps fuel runs scored. With him missing time here, yeah, Brett Gardner shifts over to center field. You throw Giancarlo Stanton into left field. It opens up DH for other guys. So maybe Greg Bird benefits a little bit there. Uh, you know, short-term value perhaps. If you need some power, it can deal with a low batting average. Beyond that, you know, not a lot, not a lot else to really gain. You're in a deep league. Any interest in Clint Frazier at this point? I still think he's an interesting dart throw, and I'm not willing to go further than that. I, I feel like, I mean, he's had bad luck in the injury department. In an AL only league, sure, I'll throw a late, you know, a late dollar bid or a draft pick on him. Andrew Heaney of the Angels, elbow problem. This could be a long time. Uh, good season last year, not great. Good. 
your thoughts on Heaney. At this point, are you even... I mean, it's a strikeout for inning last year, so that's good. But if you got an elbow problem in March, I, I just feel like I'm avoiding guys like Heaney and Mike fulton I, I Maybe they only miss a couple weeks, but it seems to me this could be a lot longer. Yeah, I mean, the, the the most recent updates on the two of them are that things are looking slightly better, but they're still going to miss time. And as you said, this particular injury worries me. And it does a little bit more for Heaney just because of the history that he has had with injuries. Uh, I loved what he did last year. He had the command numbers. Uh, I featured this one in the uh, Kings of Command column showing exactly what he did statistically that looked so attractive. But I've moved away from him because of this injury in the recent weeks. I can't even make the case for top 50 status. No way. Michael Taylor of the Nationals uh, has a problem. What was his knee and a hip with Michael Taylor? They say significant time. I think he was going to platoon in right field with Adam Eaton, who doesn't hit lefties and doesn't really stay healthy all the time. Victor Robles leads the um, leads spring training in stolen bases. He was going to play center field every day anyway. So maybe this is not a real big deal. But Taylor, only 15 players stole more bases last season than Michael Taylor. So I think it could be kind of a big deal. Your thoughts? It's a big deal in the NL-only leagues where you're looking for the cheap steals options. I mean, having just been in an NL-only auction for Tal- uh, Tout Wars yesterday, losing a guy from that tier is tough for the people who are chasing steals late because this will have an impact on his playing time. But I think from the overall, it's a positive because there's no fear here anymore that Taylor's going to cut into Robles' playing time or send Robles-, Robles back to the minors. Not happening. It's Robles' job. He looks great. He's running. Bye. Yeah, I think Robles is going to be a superstar. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm projecting 12 homers, 35 steals. That's a monster fair, fair. player in fantasy. That's a top 100 player for sure. Um, looking at the stolen base leaders in spring training, you say, does it matter? It, it Actually, there is some correlation between stolen, stolen base leaders. I, I don't think power or strikeouts or anything like that, but I look at the steals guys to see who's running. Garrett Hampson and Robles each have six steals and seven attempts. You would think at this point that Hampson has to be Colorado's second baseman, and Ryan McMahon just won't play. But, you know, you don't think so? Or is well, it platoon? Or? I, I kind of like that they were creative this weekend. Did you see that they played Garrett Hampson in left field the other day? Do you think they're going to do that in April? Well, this goes back to what I said about the Diamondbacks a couple of minutes ago, and that is that I think the Rockies are interested in getting creative. Hampson and McMahon have looked so good during spring training that I think they're going to need to find ways to get the two of them into the lineup. I could see them both making the team, working initially as you know maybe super utility type guys, or maybe not quite to that d- degree, but maybe they play two different spots each of them, and then they you know whichever one stays hot works into a regular job at second base. Other stolen base leaders, Harrison Bader, who I know both you and I like. Uh, Estevan Florial, didn't he break something? <laughs> yeah, he did. He ran into a wall and broke, uh, what was it? Uh, hmm. Yeah, don't run into walls. I think he's too fast uh, for Nate his own Orf. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't think anybody's clamoring for Nate Orff. Is his name Nate? Uh, I want to make sure. Nate Orff. Uh, okay. Yes, Nate, Nate Orff. Orf. Hunter Pence. Looks like Willie Calhoun's going to the minors. Hunter Pence is winning a job. Unless, unless right. Joey Gallo misses time. So keep an eye on Right. That. He could miss opening day. What is it, a hamstring or a groin? Um, he says he'll be ready. I, I, I think at this point, I'm viewing Willie Calhoun and Clint Frazier similarly. I just, I'm giving up. They were top prospects who who always hit, but it just isn't working out. Now, maybe like Alex Gordon, it takes a couple of years, but I, I'm just not even bothering for this season. For this season, no. But I do. Th- I still think there, are, there, there's a future for both of these players. 
two San Diego outfielders are among the stolen base leaders. So the San Diego outfield is interesting. We've been talking about it for a while. Basically, you got Will Myers in left field. That's safe. Even And you can say what you want. I mean, he's a potential 30-30 guy if he wants to be. And then you got Mar- Manuel Margot, who obviously didn't get it done last year. Franchi Cordero, who looks like he has power and speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the right fielder is Fran Mel Reyes, Hunter Renfro. Renfro and Reyes haven't even played in the past, like, five days because of fatigue. Yeah. And I think Reyes, if if they were both healthy, Reyes would play over Renfro. Renfro was the one being drafted in the 21st round of ESPN ADP because he had 26 home runs last year. And most people, when they get to the late rounds of a draft, are just saying, all right, who who's the leading home run guy still left? That's just our projection. Right now, I think Reyes is just better than Renfro. Um, and then Cordero over Margot. Any San Diego outfielder other than Will Myers that you would take in a standard mix right now? In a standard mixed, I at this point, I'm going to take the chance on Fran Mel Reyes in the late rounds. And as a matter of fact, to your point about Reyes versus Renfro, I think the gap is narrowing out there in any different format. Uh, I'm trying to grab the Hunter Renfro price from Towers, but I remember it was awfully close. Reyes, I believe, was $14 uh, that, that he went for yesterday. No, I'm, I've got 2018, of course. I'm picking the wrong one. Great. <laughs> I think there were 12 and 13. I think it was Reyes 12, Renfro 13. But I'm interested in Reyes' upside. I, I do think that, that what we've seen during spring training is pretty legit. I took Cedric Mullins in uh, the mixed league in tout on Saturday for like a dollar or two. It costs nothing. I'm looking at his spring training stats. Five hits, four stolen bases. <laughs> so, so he's yeah. batting 125, but he can certainly steal. And five walks. I like that. I have no idea what Cedric Mullins is. I was a little angry that Delano DeShields went in the reserve, and I probably could have gotten him for the same or less than Mullins. But anyway, moving on. So we talked Yankee outfield. We talked Padres outfield, Nationals outfield. Um, any other? Oh, Pittsburgh's infield. So it looks like they've named their shortstop Eric Gonzalez and their third baseman Jung Gong. Um, Gong has the potential for 20 home runs here. He could be a mixed league option, couldn't he? I mean, like if you're drafting Evan Longoria, shouldn't you consider Gong instead? Uh, considering the prices, yeah. Uh, now, granted, Longoria is going pretty late in, in traditional mixed leagues. In the NL only, he's going at a much, much higher price than, than Gong. So that, from that aspect, I would say that he's the much better value. You're throwing in a, only a couple of bucks Gong's way, and Longoria is probably something like a 10 in an NL only. Um, but you're right. I, I do think he has that 20 homer potential now that he's locked in as a starter. I actually would make the case his raw power is capable of a 25 to 30 homer year. It's just the ballpark isn't great for right-handed power. It grades among the worst. Um, Paddock, Strom, Padres rotation. What's the latest here? Because Paddock went for a lot of money, and I don't remember what. I've done so many drafts and auctions. It might have been my it was tout, auction the other wasn't day. it? Um, I don't. He was nine he bucks. Wow. So he went for like more than like Jose Quintana, or for example, you know, like like John. I got John Lester for a dollar. I know John Lester is trending in the wrong direction, but yeah. for Paddock to go for nine and Lester one, like. What's your and Strom went for something like that as well. It's possible that neither of them are in the rotation next week, so I just right. don't know. But your update here on the Padres. So yeah, Strom was six, Paddock was nine, uh, John Lester in this one was six dollars. So yeah, it gives you an example here. By the way, I mean Paddock's nine dollars. Cole Hamels was eleven. 
just to give you an idea of how people are regarding him. And you and I have talked about him. We, we have a lot of optimism about Chris Paddock, but now the buzz is sort of pushing him to a price point where there's not a lot of profit here unless he's absolutely locked into the rotation. Now, it looks like he's going to be of any of those three, but... They have some interesting arms. You mentioned Strom. Strom had a, a little bit more of a setback in his most recent outing, but I still think the overall spring should earn him a spot. The other thing is that Logan Allen, another prospect that they have, who looked like he'd start the year in AAA and come up somewhere like May or June, is also having a strong spring and is making a legitimate case to break camp with the team. So they have a tough decision here between these three. I do think Allen still goes to the minors, however. So Joey Lucchese is really the only Padres starting pitcher you have to take in a mixed league. But if you want to take Paddock, Paddock in one of my recent drafts went over the likes of like Hamels and Lester. Mm-hmm. I just got Luis Castillo in a league and <laughs> Paddock went like three days earlier. It's an email draft. And I was like, okay, I understand Paddock's upside, but you know, like I got Hamels, Hat, J Hap and Luis Castillo all multiple rounds after Paddock went in that draft. And I thought that's kind of crazy. I, I, I understand why you do it, but I, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so, well, Remember from from our league's context, the standard league, and even the 12-team leagues, I'll lump into this. If Paddock is going to be one of your final picks in the draft and you are taking him ahead of some of these less interesting veteran players, I don't have a problem with that. It's when you're locking them into your your staff as your fifth or maybe even your sixth starter, where you're taking them in rounds 15, 16, and 17. That's a little bit dangerous. But if you want to take a chance on an upside guy, you feel really good personally about him with your 23rd round pick, be my guest. I think that's a good idea to play that way in mixed leagues, where you're churning the back end of your roster. Let's talk about the opening week games, Oakland, Seattle, and Japan. That's that's Wednesday, people. Today's Monday. That's Wednesday. Uh, set your lineups. Set your lineups. This does count, I assume, in it the Asian leagues. But, yep. um, so Seattle's starting a couple lefties, which means Mark Cana, who killed lefties last year, could be the leadoff guy in both of these games. No Malik Smith, but don't drop him. He could be ready by next week. But some lineups and pitching thoughts from you on Oakland-Seattle. Yeah, I, I'm kind of curious to see exactly how they play they, that leadoff spot, but it does look like they are going to use Matt Chapman second, which is a, a big positive sign. Matt Olson's in a great spot in the order, batting right behind him there. Uh, the A's have a pretty stable lineup, and I think because of the two lefties, even you know guys lower in the lineup are going to get benefits like uh, Ramon Laureano, for example. Uh, I think it's going to be... Despite the ballpark, which leaned pitching-friendly in past games uh, overseas, I do think it's going to be a little bit more offensively-oriented two-game series here. So I'd, I'd kind of fade the pitchers. I don't expect guys like Gonzalez or Kikuchi to go very deep into these games. I don't expect the same either for uh, Fires or Estrada necessarily. If I had to pick one of the, the starting pitchers who has a surprise outing, I think it's Estrada of any of the four of them. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone as does Tristan, and it's by far the easiest way we have found to shop for tickets. We used it for a baseball game just a few weeks ago to buy tickets, and it was a great experience. And best of all, listeners to this fine show get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app. 
and enter promo code FFB today. That's promo code FFB. Frank Frank Barney for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Ah, that sweet sound. <laughs> Indeed. I don't know why I love that, like this music so much. It's just, it, it makes me feel relaxed, restful. What's the first Excited. image? Like, an elevator doesn't come to me. Like, to mind, when this music's playing, I think of Eric on a hammock. So I, I can't be the only one. <laughs> I think of a good old plate of hash browns and good old Matt's big breakfast uh, breakfast. <laughs> I seriously do it for some reason because we always hear this in the morning. I'm thinking of, you know, like an awesome breakfast. Yeah, I just want to go to Arizona for the breakfast. <laughs> and the baby. <laughs> The baseball is the, nice. The baseball the second. <laughs> Seeing my friends, you know, warm weather. But I, if I'm ranking, I think the breakfast might be first. All right, oh, let's get to boy. some questions. It must be, hey, look, I assume that 75% of drafts are done. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, there's not much time left. So maybe next weekend's the big weekend. Yeah. I got to dress all three days next weekend. All right, so we're, we'll help the people yet to draft. Tyler's one of them. He's got a question. He wants to know who your favorite second-year player is. It can make a big jump this season. Something of a post-hype sleeper. It doesn't have to be second year. Oh, I'm trying to think who was a rookie last year and failed. <laughs> so mean. Well, I mean, let's try to do it that way. Like, who was a rookie last year that... Um, Bowers. Yeah, like, we like Jake Bowers, but let's not go overboard on Jake Bowers. We don't think no. he's going to be... No. You know, that we're talking like a 260 batting average with 20 home runs, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. Um, I'll throw two uh, Florida team-based sleepers. Brandon Lau and Caleb Smith, both having very promising springs. The news has been good, especially on Smith lately. Got himself into games and had a good first outing. How about Lewis Brinson? Brinson is another very good choice. Uh, but you know what? This is the thing with, with Brinson. When we say improvement, improving from what he was last year does not make him a star. So uh, when, no, what, to what level do we push him? Is he mixed league relevant yet? I'm not sure I'm there yet. If he hits 199 again, he can't help anybody. But if, if Brinson, Brin, Brinson has the ability to hit for power and steal bases, yep. he's a 2020 option. But like, what if Brinson has a year like Ian Desmond has? That's, that's eminently possible. 235, 20 homers, 20 steals. Lewis Brinson can do that. If Lewis Brinson does that, Ian Desmond is going in round 11, 10 of drafts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's, Brinson, it, what if yes. it was? What if it was Broxton with a little more power and a little bit less speed? Because I think that when people hear Desmond, they're going to think of the prime year numbers. And when you say 235, I'm on board with you there. I don't want them to think we're saying 260. No, I, 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 I hear you. How about um, how about Willie Adamas? I, I don't think he was a failed as a rookie, but like, I don't see people clinging to him very much. I was gonna say, we I could think st- that's we could stay yes, with the Rays forever because <laughs> Glasnow and Meadows both also qualify under this category. So right, you know, I feel like the entire Rays right lineup. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> we'll draft all the Rays and hope one hits. Is that the plan here? Ooh. <laughs> I'm not an well, Ibar guy, though. I, I don't. I mean, you two can talk about him if you want, but I didn't see anything that that signified growth. I think that it's coming maybe next year. Or Ibar down the road. is a great throwback, but not the right player. Oh, but that's an, a fantastic <laughs> Willie Ibar, former 
combo middle oh, infielder. He, he meant Adamus. Yes, I he meant he right? meant Adamus. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which but is why I'm not finding him in my spreadsheet. <laughs> All right, That's now you help I, me here. Don't draft Willie Ibar. Yeah, don't. Willie Ibar. <laughs> Tristan, do talk though about Tyler Glass now. <laughs> Glass yeah. now is interesting. That's a guy I've reached for in a couple leagues. Uh, there's strikeout potential here. He pitched well in Tampa Bay. He's obviously a starter. He's not going to be involved, I don't think, in the opener stuff. Glass now is a potential top 40 starter. If you're asking for guys that are just off the board right now who could be top 40 starting pitchers, give me 10 names. I think Glass now is one of them. Okay, so Tyler Green was <laughs> – Tyler Glass now, seriously. Um there was the first of all the the reports about how he had better velocity at the onset of spring training was trying to make a couple of adjustments. I love to hear the pitchers who are trying to develop their game and improve themselves, and he's one who needed the the uh, polished control in order to succeed. And the Rays seemed to do that with him after the trade. What we saw from him, I love the way they used him. They ramped up his workload so that they weren't asking too much from him, and I think he's ready to give you 160 high quality innings. The danger is that the buzz was very high about a month ago, so the ADP could be a little bit high for your taste. That's that's the only thing I'm worried about. Kingery, I, he has nowhere to play, but he was hyped last year. He can steal bases. That's a potential 2020 guy. I don't see how he gets enough at bats right now, but all right. Moving on. Next one, more, one more name real quick. Uh, how yeah. about Francisco Mejia? I think I already have him ranked as a top 10 catcher. Okay. Like yeah. To me, th- there's like eight catchers that should probably go in every 10-team league. And then there's like five, six guys that you can make a case for. I've been making the case for Mejia, even though he might be Hedges' backup. And the other guy is Wellington Castillo. Alfaro's in that mix. Um, Another guy who's kind of on this list. Yeah, I think Alfaro. I just I don't see any semblance of plate discipline. Right, which and it's a horrible park for power, which is his game. So much of his value is tied there. Mejia, by the way, the positive they they sent down the third catcher. It's locked in. He will be on the team on opening day. Right. Who do you think gets more PAs, him or Edges? I think he will, just because I think he's a better hitter than Hedges, and I think the Padres are going to need that bat. So if I tell you 300 plate appearances for Mejia, is that a 280 10 home run profile? That would that that could make him a top 10 catcher. Yeah, light, light Molina. And I think you might be undershooting the PAs. I think we'll see a lot of hedges early, but I think Mejia is going to force his way in. I was very disappointed to lose out on Francisco Mejia of any player yesterday. Okay. Already on to the next question. William says his Lee has five DL spots. He wants to know what players with current injury red flags are worth a look, seeing as they won't be tying up a roster spot given the deep nature of the DL position, or IL, I guess. Does anybody actually have the asterisk already? Yeah, yeah. Some some with the 60-day DL, but you don't want them. Who do you want? Obviously, if Kershaw gets it, an asterisk, you want him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have it yet, I assume. Nope. Yeah, looking at the list, it's all it's all 60-day DL, guys. I'm, uh, the only ones among them that I think are interesting for later in the year are Sean Manaya, Denelson Lamette, and Taiwan Walker. Uh... Trying to think if there's another who is in, in a that league group. like this. Would you be more likely to take a flyer on a guy like Rich Hill? Maybe not on the DL now, but inevitably will be. But because it doesn't tie up or hinder you from a roster construction standpoint to throw him on your IL for a while. I would be more likely to draft questionable durability players in, with, if you have five DL slots. Yes, 
I'm not the kind of guy who who stashes away Denelson Lamette or Yohannes Cespedes. I really, I'm not into that. Maybe they come back in the final month or two of the season. But to me, the reason why I don't do that is because I feel if I'm a contender in a league, I've already got the framework of a team, whereas putting in one of those guys wouldn't do anything for me. So, like, if you're talking about missing three weeks, like maybe, you know, who's Andrew Heaney or Tyler Skaggs might, that's different. Um, Rich Hill, yeah. he. I'd move him up a little bit with all those DLs. Any Dodgers pitcher, really. Mm-hmm. Hill's frustrating, though, because he leaves those games early uh, with the blisters. So it's in addition to the, the injury risk of putting him on your DL and missing him for a period of time. You could lose some of his outings within the outing themselves. And you, have, you and I have talked about that. Um, most of my leagues are like this format, or they're unlimited, so... You know, I mean, I'm not used to the ones where you you don't have many DL spots, but I, I don't like injury optimism. I'm I'm fading that strategy the more we go uh, year over year. I, I feel like it's a bad it's a bad place to be to try to deliberately take injury guys because of the format of your league. Be a pessimist on injuries. Okay, Kyle, what's next? Next up, we got Steven. He wants you both to pick a hitter and a pitcher. So we'll go, Eric, you take a hitter, Tristan, a pitcher. It's currently outside the top 200 overall in terms of ADP. Do you roll the dice on finishing as a top 50 or so player? Basically, just oh, win this. All right, so let me form. take a- Yeah, it's just that easy. Well, I mean, isn't that the whole reason we do this show? I'd like to think so. But if you had to pick I mean, one guy, it's going and way too people late. win. <laughs> so let me find... Let me go after the top 200 here in our ADP, because that's what he wants. All right, guys. Well, I mean, obviously, John John Gray, Tristan believes more than I do. He's going number 203 in ADP. I'm not a believer, but I'd rather have Tyler Glass now, who's going 206. Yeah. But one of those guys could easily be a top, or both could be a top 40 starting pitcher. No doubt about it in my mind. 50 overall, I think it would be very hard for John Gray to get in that group. I think it would be extremely difficult. Yeah, I mean, the course field factor, how can his ERA be great? Mm-hmm. But and we saw Rockies pitchers with decent ERAs last year. Glass out of me in Tampa Bay. Again, I don't even know, 160 innings. He could have an ERA of 325 with a lot of strikeouts, I suppose. It would take a lot. I'm trying to, Nick Senzel is going number 224. What's the update on Senzel, Tristan? Obviously, we think this is a guy with power and speed could be playing center field for them. It's a little like Kingery. There's nowhere for him to play right now, but there's upside. There's definitely upside. I, I, I feel like that, that, and he's performed this way this spring, that they need to find ways in order to get him into the lineup. And there's the hints that he could sneak in some leadoff games. And that's interesting to me. It's annoying from the Jesse Winker perspective, but I, I, I'm interested. I, I'm curious. I like Winker. Winker went for a lot in an on-base percentage league. I tried to get yeah. him, and the bidding was just like, wow. What do you go for in um, yours? Let's, do you remember? 15 or so. That's 15-team standard mix. Or not standard, 15-team mix. I think it was about 15. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have the money at the time. I spent a lot of money early, aggressively, in that 15-team mix. I love what I did. And then I sat out for like two hours, and I got a lot of guys cheap that I like as well. But I didn't have much of a middle class there. Um, since there's, um, since I, I tend to like the pitchers in this, I'm going to throw three names that I think are total dart throws for the top 50. I think Archie Bradley could really thrive if they make him the closer. Yeah. I think there's no question that he could. I think Zach Eflin is a very intriguing pitcher for the Phillies, and I, I would not be shocked if he outperforms Nick Pavetta this season. And uh, 
my third who I just missed there. Oh, Ryan Presley of the Astros. And and look, he's he's not closing. Roberto Asuna is the Astros closer, but we we saw how the Astros play this. They are not patient with struggling closers. If anything goes awry there, Presley's got electric stuff. I would say he's every bit as talented in terms of that arm as Roberto Asuna. You never know. Things like that could happen. Actually, actually, I'll throw Brandon Woodruff, too. I'm a big Brandon Woodruff fan. Yes. You know who I like is not even going in drafts? Domingo Santana of the Mariners. If he homers on Wednesday, he'll be up to, like, 50% rostered. That's all it's going to take. I remember, two years ago, yeah, 315 awesome. steals. Mm-hmm. He yeah. was terrific. And last year... You can blame last year on him not playing regularly, but the fact is he was playing regularly in April. He just didn't hit. This is the um, thing for the listeners too. I got to say, you're you serve as the the wise reminder that when a player has proven that he has had this value in the past, especially if he's not a 38 year old player who had it 10 years ago when he was 28. Don't forget it. Santana was exceptional two years ago. I think he's going to be exceptional again. So. Anyway, I think we named more than one guy each there. Paddock's on this list, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. Any closer. Pete Alonzo, he could be yonder. Great he could be great, great spring, yeah. Great spring. Yeah. I mean, Pete Alonzo could have 30 home runs this year and bat 260, which would be enough. That would That's what Jose Abreu, well, we expect him to bat a little higher than that, but... Why couldn't Pete Alonso do what Jose Abreu could do? Anyway, Man, I love mining the end game. That's what we're doing. I, I love this yeah, part of fantasy. It's more fun. Yeah. It's more fun. I, I want to pivot off of something there. I feel like Jesse Winker's come up in like every off-season podcast here. 500 at bats. Give me a stat line. What are we looking at here? I'll say, well, obviously more valuable in an on-base percentage format, but yep, yep. in a standard mix for ESPN, well, standard mix is not even what I play. It's Roto. Standard mix is points. He's more valuable in points than Roto because of the walks, but I'll give you his, his counting numbers. 275, 22 home runs, 60 RBI because he's leading off and like three steals. But he's, he's just score runs. He's just not going to play every day. He might not play against lefties, but right. that's what I'll say. They need to play him against lefties. They need to get him those reps, I think. You, you and I, Eric, we've talked about this for quite a while. <laughs> Since I was like five years old, apparently, considering my age. I'll say 290-20 with you on the uh, RBI. I think the run scored could reach 90 if he does lock in as a leadoff man. Uh, oh. I mean, the majority of days. We've got him projected at 67 runs right now, so 90 would be a massive bump for where he's going in draft. If he bats leadoff. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see 90 because I don't think he'll play enough. But um, If he plays against every righty, he'll get to 75 with no problem. Oh, okay, He I should. Like. He should. All okay. right, we've got Sean has a question. We've got a lot a lot of these, and I encourage him to keep coming. Saves plus hold seems to be a, a popular transition for a lot of people. He wants to know if your top five relief p- pitchers remain the same in that format compared to standard just saves. And if not, who are your top five non-closers in the saves plus holds? Uh, you know, we really don't spend a whole lot of time on closers. We haven't had a closer carousel in a while. Thursday's show, we will definitely do a closer carousel. Book it. I'm supposed to write about saves this week, aren't I, Leo? So I'll, uh, yes, you are. We'll... Somebody okay. save me! That that did not come across well. No. Um, I never was a fan five... of that song. I don't even know what that song is. They used to just the Superman show theme song, didn't they? Let's go ask Willie Ibar. The, uh, the top five closers right now in ESPN ADP are Edwin Diaz way too early in round six. Kenley Jansen, Blake Trinan, who I have number one, a closer. Uh, Araldis Chapman, and Roberto Asuna. Um, 
eight closers in the top 100, including Kimbrel, which is just ridiculous. He literally might not play this season. He might, he might sign the next half hour, or he might not play. Craig Kimbrell yeah. might do a, a, a reverse Le'Veon Bell, where he doesn't want to sit out, but he has to, something like that. It's not a reverse. A reverse Le'Veon Bell would be somebody who what, is not under paper. contract, but does play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blue collar um, Le'Veon Bell. In a, in a saves plus holds, I can't say I would, I would switch the top five. Right. Because the top holds guy, the only case I could make would be David Robertson. Because I think Robertson could be like 20 saves and 20 holds. And who was it? It was our buddy, um, Tommy, Tommy Intern, Intern, who yep. tweeted out after our last show, nobody's ever had 25 holds and 25 saves in the same season, but two players had what, like 20, 20, 20. Yeah. yeah. And who were they? One was Tim Worrell with the Phillies, right? Yeah, off the dick. It's it's on. We we I retweeted it. I, I think you did too. It's it's out there. Yeah, I don't remember who the other one was, but t- Tom the intern is fantastic. He's probably going to win my vampire league. <laughs> um, would you change your top? If it saves plus holds, I'll tell you what. I'm not taking any of the top five closers at all in any league, but especially not in a saves plus holds. Mm-hmm. But how do you how do you change it up? I, I would be much more likely to take holds guys in the late rounds. Because, you know, if you can get 25 or 30 holds, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, if you can project them and there are, you know, like there's an abundance of them, which there usually is late, quality setup men with elite skills, then, yeah, I'm with you. You wait. What this, uh, for me, all this does is it deflates the overall value in your draft of the top players. The names stay the same for me. But after the top five, then you get into the conversations of the elite arm bullpens where you don't know if they're closers or setup men. So the Brewers, all three of their guys. Now, Jeremy Jeffress, I know he's dealing with injuries, so put him aside for a second. But Hayter... And Corey Knable, big bump for them. Big bump for Archie Bradley. You have the safety net of the holds for him. You have the safety net with Jordan Hicks and Andrew uh, Andrew Andrew Heaney, Andrew Miller of, <laughs> of the Cardinals. I am like totally doing brain farts on every player of this show. <laughs> Who else can I get on here? <laughs> would uh, Would Ottavino and Batances be yep on the same list? Maybe like higher than most non top ten closers, basically. I the don't know that they, there is, they wouldn't approach well, the top the pro- 10. They, they'd improve a little. They'd be in the top 30. The problem with those guys is that, like, it's tough for both of them to get holds in the same game based on what the rule is for holds, right? You, you could like, do it. The- yeah, if you have five, yeah. five and a third innings, and then you have each of them pitch one inning, they could get in the same game, but it's not common. In a league like that, would you ever double down on, like, a middle reliever and a closer for a good team like the Yankees and try to get two every close win they have? Yeah, I'd consider it. I, I wouldn't target it. I think I think the Phillies are a team you could do that with. I think the yep. Cardinals you could do that with. Yeah, Sir Anthony might be teams. one of the most underrated types in a saves yeah. plus holds leagues. Because league. he's going to get... He's, he and Robertson could each get 15 of each. Literally, so... And I think Houston, Ryan Presley is really underrated there. That's 25 holds, I think. Yeah. Right away. Presley's very way, buzzworthy, though. That's the only catch with him. He's getting... He's going... He went for too much this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. Um, so I wrote about Josh Hader in the Do Not Draft list. People... I, look, you. If I, I'm sure you can read, but read what I'm saying in the article before you rip. And, and, and you can rip all you want. I ignore it. I don't care. And block me or whatever. But read the actual article before... I'm not saying Josh Hader is overrated in real life. I'm saying in fantasy he is. I don't, I don't, so many people that read that article 
had things to say about it and just didn't understand what I was trying to say. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I didn't say it properly. Maybe it's my editor's fault. I, I don't know like, whose fault it is. I feel like you get that about Buster Posey every other year, so now it's just a different player. <laughs> You can't win with Hater. I, 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 look, I understand it. I know exactly where you're coming from, and the ADP says it's, it's too soon. But there are leagues in which you can maximize his value, and I think that, that people in those leagues are trying to judge the overall perspective that Hater is overvalued. And he is overvalued. He is. I took I took um, Brandon Morrow over Dylan Batances on Saturday. You didn't agree with that, did you? Dollar. Actually, I Dollar. would agree with that. It was uh, who was the guy I told you? There, there was another player I told you not to take him over. Um, oh, I don't. He, he was one of the that. first picks in the reserve draft. I'll look it up. Well, Tatis, but I, I couldn't get him. No, it was a pitcher. It was, a, it was another close. Oh, it was AJ Minter. Oh, I'd rather have Morrow. Minter's starting the year on the injured list. I too. know. Yeah, yeah. That's at the time I was not kind of accounting. I, I for knew that. that at the time, and that's why I didn't take him. But if you tell me. Who's better in the final four months? Who's more valuable in the final four months of the season? Brandon Morrow or A.J. Minter? And Morrow was a great answer to the previous question about stashing guys. I would take Morrow there. For three or four months, he's going to pitch really well and get all the saves. I am not so sure that's going to happen. This is the part I'm talking about at the injury optimism. I think I'm done with Brandon Morrow. All right. I was in on him about a month ago. I, I think I'm done. Well, the music's not done. Any uh, any other questions? Oh, yeah, I got Just one go. more, and I can play the music as long as I want. I got the music figured out, so we're good like that. Music man! Yeah. Uh, Eric on Twitter <laughs> wants to know, where are their values in terms of players that are going to gain position eligibility sooner rather than later? Oh, that's a good I wish I'd read that before the show. Who is getting, who is going to add eligibility that matters? All right. Jerks and Profar second base. He doesn't have... Okay, that's a good one. Um, Reese Hoskins first base. That could help. You could play him, you know. Any any eligibility addition is helpful. Any others? That yeah, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling through to see what uh, pops Daniel up. Daniel Murphy first base. That Again, you probably use Hoskins in the outfield, and you probably use Daniel Murphy at second base, but it doesn't hurt to ha- have the opportunity to use them in both. Doesn't uh, I love Yolmer Sanchez? Uh, doesn't he gain second base, or shouldn't he gain second base? Oh, and right. Moncada. Moncada is going to add third base. Yeah, which is nice. Oh, Mike Mustakis is going to add second base. That's a big deal. Yeah, that is a very big deal. Given your choice, by the way, I want to ask here. Travis Shaw <laughs> versus Mike Mustakis. I am Shaw. I I'm am the only Moustakis. one. <laughs> Why is that? You are definitely not the only one. There are a lot of people who love Travis Shaw. Mike Mustakis for me. Why? I just think he's a better player. I, it's well, very that's hard irrelevant. to I, I just I just care about the stats. This is this is a stat oriented game. I don't care who's a better defense. Mike Mustakis to me might hit thirty home runs. Travis Shaw has done it the past two years. That's my difference. Um, last year, who had the better fi- uh, player rate or finish? It has to be Shaw. Nope. How, how is why? Because the batting average? Wow, well, it's not. I'm just reading the facts. Reading the facts, you know, how, you know how close they were. Well, I assume by you asking, it was very close. Neither of them hit for a high batting average. They were. Right, they were one thirty six and one thirty seven. 
Right, so in other words, even game. making a pick almost doesn't help anyone because the answer is sure, fine, whatever. <laughs> I actually think Mustakis will be a little little further ahead than that, but yeah, it's close. A couple more names there. Do you want to just... talk? Sorry, yeah. uh, Garrett Hampson, Scott Kingery, a couple guys that I think oh, we right. mentioned earlier. That... Well, and Senzel. Yep. Yeah, Senzel is second base only. Hampson is shortstop only. Yep. Kingery He'll is shortstop only. Base. Yep. Yep. Senzel in the outfield might actually be more valuable. I think second base and shortstop are pretty deep this year. Uh, you know who the biggest player losing eligibility would be? Otani. Yep. Oh, that's right. But well, he'll probably still be a pitcher anyway for us in a year. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll probably if if because we did add a rule where we can say if if a guy is announced as a rotation guy right. that we can give him that. Uh, that's that's also next year because they're going to make major league teams declare the role of the player. I think they're going to call him a pitcher. Yeah. So we might have to adjust to that. Yep. Um, speaking of pitchers, another guy who's interesting in this discussion real quick, Brandon Woodruff, because he's RP. So if you have a league where you're yeah. RP and SP, if he wins a rotation job, you can start him as a reliever but get starter numbers. Oh, good call. Strom's that to too. Research there. There are there are a lot of leagues in which uh, you can gain a lot of value by using a relief pitcher eligible, a starter who is relief pitcher eligible. And you're right. Strom is one of those – or. A guy who's eligible at both, but you can put him at... Kenza Maeda is eligible at starter and relief. You can use him in relief in the, those leagues. That's really a big advantage. Tyler Glass now is eligible in relief. Yep. Stripling of the yep. Dodgers. Yep. Um, that's a... that's a Brad Peacock is relief only if he starts. Yep. That'd be helpful. So, all right. Music stopped long ago. We're done for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. The games do start on Wednesday, so get your active roster set. Malik Smith will not be playing this week, but, you know, Mike Fires is playing. Marcano might have a big advantage. Look at those lineups in advance. And we'll be back on Thursday's show to talk about those games in Japan, to talk about some relief pitcher uh, news and news with everyone else. Anyway, thanks so much to Kyle Sapi on Double Duty today, editorial watchdog Leo Hal, Tristan, of course, and I am Eric. Have an awesome couple of days. Everything is awesome. Darkness. I bars. The theme song for the Fantasy Focus was created and performed by Eric Hutchinson. Check out more of his music at erichutchinson.com. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Focus. For more great podcasts, log on to the iTunes Music Store or Pod Center at ESPNRadio.com.